Welcome to the Grow Abundantly podcast, where we discuss everything small business. This show is about breakthroughs, pushing past the ceiling, knocking down doors, winning in business, and winning in life. Are you ready to rock and roll? Are you ready to pull up your sleeves? Are you prepared to deal with the uncomfortable truths that may be holding you back from abundant success? We're going to discuss topics ranging from personal development, business strategy, marketing, advertising, management, finance, and so much more. Myself, as well as my guest experts, will teach you and discuss what we specifically did and went through to help you grow from our business experiences. Embrace the challenge of doing things a little differently. Also, embrace the pressure as it's so necessary for your rock to go through the fire in order to transform into this beautiful diamond. So if you're ready for this transformation, put on your seatbelt, hold on to the rails as we ride this roller coaster of discussing everything small business. If you know a small business owner or entrepreneur who's ready to thrive, I encourage you to share this podcast as giving is the gift of living. And I'm humbled to share my gifts, insight, strategies, stories, and experiences to help you grow abundantly and live an incredible life. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Grow Abundantly podcast, where we discuss everything small business. I'm your host, Mary Belai, the Abundance Coach. Happy New Year to you. I'm so excited for 2021. I'm sure most of us are excited to start a new year as it represents an opportunity to start fresh and create more value in our business as well as our personal lives. So today's episode is directly related to creating value. We're going to be discussing pricing strategy. What should you charge for your product or service is the million dollar question. Or should I dare say, how do we price strategically to make an impact on millions of lives and make millions in the process? I will walk you through proven steps to set up your price strategy, help you evaluate your current pricing model. So just stick with me to the very end where I will reveal my number one top secret to raising prices and increasing value. If executed, these concepts will transform your small business forever. So let's splash right into the waters and begin swimming laps in this pool of entrepreneurship. Hey there, small business owner. Do you feel stuck, whether it's in your business or personal life? Do you need a reset button to get you back on the right track towards living an abundantly fulfilling life? I have designed a guide that will help you reset your life in seven days. It's not too late to build this business and the life you've always dreamed of. Download your free guide today by going to growabundantly.com. That's G-R-O-A-B-U-N 
D-A-N-T-L-Y.com and get your free copy today. We don't get paid what we are worth. Instead, we get paid what people think we are worth. So then the question becomes, how do I influence to communicate value? And we actually unlock this through a five-step formula that's widely known in the business and marketing world. The first is one of my favorite takeaways, and it's so instrumental to me and my business. Um, We don't go into business to only make money. This is a disaster waiting to happen. And I've seen hundreds of business owners fail due to their lack of understanding of what a business is designed to do. Business was designed to make a difference, whether it's to solve a problem or fulfill a need. Um... I've used this reference before, and I love the animated movie uh, Robots, where Big Weld has a slogan that's, see a need, fill a need. Um, And yeah, these are like total telltale signs that I'm a mama bear, and you will always see me quoting animated movies. So on a serious note, we need to truly embrace the concept of serving our market and our customers. Making money is the reward we get for the value we offer. Let me say this again. Making money is the reward we get for the value we offer. So the better we become at um, creating value to our market, the higher our reward will be. So for those of you who are familiar with my quirky ways, you know that I love to learn and teach in question and answer format. So I'm going to be guiding you through a series of questions that are going to help you formulate your pricing strategy. I need you to get a pen. I need you to get a paper. These are really core questions that you're going to really need to be able to answer in order to create your own pricing strategy. So I hope that you're ready um, to um, get started. So let's just jump into this. Um, We're going to go into two elements. We're going to talk about the customer element and then the organization element. So first and foremost, let's begin with the customer. So with the customer, we need to know what problem do I solve for my customers or my clients? Specifically, what is my rock star client? So if let's say you're trying to advertise or market and um, you go to someone who's an ad agency, they're going to ask you, okay, well, who is your ideal can't you know customer or market so if you can't say they're women between this age to that age if you can't pinpoint who your rock star client is then we got to go back and really um start assessing okay well who's our highest paying clients who you know which market do we get the most engagement from um you know and start really tracking um who what where and why Okay, from there, what is my ideal client struggling with or need? 
Awareness is always the first step, you guys. Do you know what your market needs and how you can solve that problem or need like no one else can, right? So that's our first question. Let's dive into question number two. How much value do I add? Now, this is the organizational piece, right? More importantly, what specifically does value mean? So let's, let's explore the textbook answer. Value is defined as the regard that something is held to deserve the importance, worth, or usefulness of something. Some synonyms are synonyms, if I can talk. Um, merit, worth, usefulness, use, utility, practicality, advantage, and desirability. So we kind of have a foundation of what value actually means. Um, Now that we have that understanding, let us determine how to establish the value we specifically add to our market and our customers. So Now let's go into the questions that we're going to ask to help us determine how much value we add. So the first question is, how much money will it save them or make them? So how much actual money will your service or product make your customer um, or your client or save them? For example, if you're a marketing guru, You can double a company's annual revenue in this amount of time. How much would they be willing to spend to double their income in six weeks or three months or whatever it is that the time frame that you can deliver that promise? You must do your homework. Listen, I'm going to say this multiple times. Don't be afraid to talk to your customer. Don't be afraid to ask customers questions that can help you sell the value of your business, your product, and your service, and help them realize how much you're saving them or making them. So how much is it worth to your customer or your client for you to solve their problem or fulfill their need? For instance, let's say you sell AC units. How much are they willing to pay will depend on many different factors. For example, if you live in Southern California where it's easy breezy, you know, 365 days out of the year, you have a nice cool breeze and you can open up the window in the summer and still get that beach breeze to come through. Are you really that pressed to get your AC replaced? Not necessarily. And if you do, you're not willing to pay as someone in Houston or Florida that's um, in a very humid, sticky, icky environment where they have like 80, 90, 100% humidity in the summer and it smacks you like, like, you know, an attack and you feel violated by the humidity, right? I'm from Houston, Texas, as you can tell. (laughs) So I'm very familiar with the humidity. You never get used to it. You just tolerate it. So I am much more um, committed to getting that AC unit repaired. And I'm probably willing to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars more than someone in Southern California. So this is where you really need to be able to... 
uh, know what's important to your customers and learn how much it's worth it to them to get this problem solved or this need fulfilled. Don't be afraid to ask that direct question of what is it worth to you? If I can solve this problem and save you blank dollars or save you blank time or solve this or solve that, always have ways to quantify their fix. So you can then understand in numbers how this number um, will save them time, money, or whatever it is. And it's going to help you quantify and it's going to help them learn how much you can help them and what you're going to be saving them. If it's entertainment, this is a question that I often get. Well, how do you quantify entertainment? What does entertainment solve, right? Um, Entertainment reduces stress. It brings enjoyment and pleasure. Um, This really depends on, on the level of you know, um, the level of, of that individual. So if, if let's say you're into memorabilia music or something like that, and you sell memorabilia CDs, you're going to use nostalgia, right? Nostalgia is going to take you back to a time and, you know, kind of give you this time capsule of what you miss, which was, you know, the music, the sound, the, the era, the culture, the friends, the memories. So, They're paying for that experience. How much is your market willing to pay for that experience? Now, you have to be able to ask the right questions to quantify that. Now, let's say you're also in entertainment and, you know, you're more along the lines of, you know, uh, travel and, um, you know, you, you own a hotel or a travel club. Now we're looking at that allows you to reduce stress and live a healthier life, um, more enjoyment, more fulfillment in life. So you want to find out how much that means to them. What are they willing to spend to reduce stress and to have enjoyment and fulfilling, um, you know, some of these, you know, um, things off their bucket list, right? And then you need to know your market. Are you dealing with a, you know, lower class, middle class, or upper um, echelon class? So you need to determine who your market is and what they're willing to spend for your product or your service. Um, The more niche-based you are, the easier it is. The more broader your market, the harder it is to be able to ask these questions and be able to quantify it. That's why it's better when you do start, start with a small niche market and then work your way to broaden as you grow, okay? Okay, so once we find out what their needs are and how important that need is to help them determine what is important to them, the bigger the problem or need, the more people are going to definitely be willing to pay for it. Um, How much time will you save them? Here's another key question. Or how easier can you make life for them? Imagine you're a small business now that helps edit manuscripts for um, authors who would like to self-publish. How much time can you save an author on this project? How simple can you make this painless process? Is time or simplicity more important to your market? And how much is their time worth? A question I often ask my consulting and management clients is, 
How much is an hour worth to you? So if I can save you 10 hours a week, that would equal to blank dollars. Do not be afraid to talk about money with your customers. Let them know and say this boldly, but respectfully, how much your value will be to them. So if you say your money, your your hours worth $100 or $200 or $400 per hour and I can save you 10 hours, I'm saving you who knows, a thousand, two thousand, four thousand, ten thousand dollars a week or per month. How much are you willing to pay for me to save you that time? So now you can take those 10 hours of your week back to earn more, right? And and I'm gonna free up your time so you can go back to doing what you need to do in your business, right? So consider your market, what your market's willing to pay, the money you add or save them, the time you save them, or how easier you make life for your customer. Now, this is going to create the overall value you add for your clients. So now you're going to take all of these questions and you're going to accumulate them to create your overall value that you bring for your clients. Are you loving the Grow Abundantly podcast where we discuss everything small business? Now feel free to subscribe to the Grow Abundantly newsletter to receive alerts on our latest episodes, as well as receive lots of free resources to help you grow in business and grow in life. Visit growabundantly.com to subscribe today. That's G-R-O-A-B-U-N-D-A-N-T-L-Y. Okay, so the next question that we're going to dig into is going to be, what is your unique skill set that makes you better qualified to serve your clients than anyone else in the market? This could be your portfolio. It can be your list of accomplishments, your unique story, your process, a proven methodology. It can be an invention. It could be techniques. It could be strategies, education, expertise, etc., etc., etc. I'm going to expand on the secret sauce to pricing strategy towards the end. And it will definitely be a way to better serve your clients like no one else can. So make sure you stick to, um, you know, um, stay through the end of the podcast to get that nugget that's going to definitely be instrumental in making sure that you differentiate yourself from your competitions. The next thing is to learn um, and just be aware of what, is the market charging. So you want to look at benchmarks against your competitors, your direct or indirect competitors. Look at larger corporations as well as your actual competitors. Um, This will help you determine the range of what clients are willing and are currently paying for these services. So use um, Statistica, Glassdoor, the SBA, market research reports, 
the Census Bureau, um, business, publications, etc. There are also consulting agencies that can gather um, information for you. Um, so find the option that works best for your company. You can um, just research, you know, typically what are other, you know, get a list of, you know, 10, 15, 20 um, competitors and look at what they're charging, you know, uh, use an anonymous email and, you know, try to get a quote from them and see what they're offering their clients or their, you know, customers if their information is not public, right? So you may have to, you know, kind of go undercover to dig and do some actual research to see, you know, what's the experience like, um, you know, how are they closing their customers? How, how are they pitching their prices? So, you know, learn what your market is charging because you don't want to, you know, undercut yourself and lowball your customers. Now you're just, you know, um, cutting your value, right? And you don't want to go over to where customers are like, well, I can get this for like half the price around the corner, right? Now you could be a premium service, but people, you have to now educate them as to why you charge what you charge and what, you know, how you're far more superior than the other competitors and why, why they need to pay that, you know, extra upcharge and what problem are you going to solve for them like no one else can. So that's very important that you understand that. And then next, what will clients pay for your clearly articulated offer? Can I say this again? Clearly articulated offer. One thing that I find with customers, they don't, um, with my clients, um, I have businesses come in, they're like, Mary, I need you to help save my business. I need to be able to get more customers. I need to be able to close more deals and we need help with sales. We need, you know, help with, um, leads and you know, whatever it is. And then you get them leads. And then from there, you know, they're not able to seal the deal. And largely it's because you don't know how to clearly articulate your offer you have to ask clients what it's worth um, for them to solve this problem. How much would you pay if I could alleviate blank for you? This will help you gauge what a client thinks is the value of what you truly offer. Then from there, you can now, um, you know, let them know like, hey, I save, I can come in and save you this amount per year. Um, And the price is this. Now you've clearly articulated what you can do for them, how you're going to save them time, how you're going to save them money, you've clearly articulated your offer. And and pretty much it's just backing up your your, you know, pudding. Like people can say, "Oh, okay, this is the pudding," but they want to make sure that the pudding is actually going to taste good. So if I get this product or this service, how is it going to truly change my life? How is it going to improve Um, you know, whatever it is, how is it going to fulfill my need or solve my problem? So you got to be able to articulate how this service is actually going to be able to assist them in that regard. Okay. So it's very important that you take the time. Some ways that you guys can do this is, um, sending out 
some questionnaires or polling or quizzing your customers, um, doing a customer appreciation day if you're a retail store, get customers to come in, ask them about their experiences, um, doing surveys um, after customers receive their product or their service via mail if you ship to them, you know, um, give them an incentive to um, review or leave a review on your website or online so that way you can get more feedback. You want to constantly be engaging your customer. You don't want to drop them off as soon as they get their, you know, um, service, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You want to be able to follow up. You want to keep the conversation going even after you've already serviced them. One, you know, this is going to be able to, one, differentiate you from your competitors because not only did you care about getting my sale, you actually cared about what my experience was and then also how you can improve the experience. So customers love the fact that you're invested in them. If they feel you're invested in them, then you're going to build and gain a long-term loyal customer and this is what you want but you got to make sure you're clearly articulating your offer if not everything you're doing your marketing your all of that it's for naught if you cannot clearly articulate your offer Hello everyone, I'm so excited to announce the launch of Abundance TV. You can follow me, your Abundance Coach, and get a more behind-the-scenes intimate sneak peek of my life in business and personal. Follow me on my journey of abundance, and I hope this channel will inspire you to grow your business and win in life. Subscribe to the Grow Abundantly channel on YouTube. In this next section, we're going to dive into the second part of pricing strategy. And we're going to look at the organizational element. So in the first section, um, we talked about the needs of the customer. Now we will consider the needs of your business, your organization, and specifically your needs. There are three types of pricing categories that you can pick from. So we're going to dig into um, the first one, which is hourly rate. Um, hourly rate is the least riskiest, yet the least profitable um, pricing model that you can actually choose. So let's kind of break down um, hourly rate. The first thing you want to do is determine what you would like to earn as a salary annually. So let's say it's 100000 300000 500000 a mil, whatever it is. You're going to determine what you want to make per year. What do you want to pay yourself? Okay. Determine your business operational costs. So now you have what I need to make, what I need to take away, my, my take-home salary. From there, I'm going to determine the business operational costs. And then we're going to factor in taxes. Okay. So the third elements taxes typically you can estimate 30 percent for most small businesses it will increase as your earnings increase and this is just my disclaimer to you so the more money you make and you start moving into different tax brackets with your business the level of tax 
percentage will increase. So you're going to determine your estimated tax liability from a tax professional and account for a minimum of 30% of your income to be put into a separate account specifically for taxes. I can't tell you how many businesses, um, let's say you make $100,000 that year, right? Out of that $100,000, uh, 40% was your business expenses. The other 60% you paid yourself. So in theory, you think that, oh, I wasn't that profitable because I don't have anything left over. But that's not fact. If you pay yourself, if you paid yourself those dividends, you know, of $60,000, yeah, you can write them off or whatever, but those are still, um, you know, that, that gross that you grossed, is still taxable. So out of that $60,000 you paid yourself, you still receive that gross and that gross is taxable. Now, some of your expenses, depending if they're long-term liabilities, I'm not even going to get into the, um, or short-term liabilities. I'm not even going to get into expenses or any of that. Some of it, of course, can be written off, but in general, you want to be able to calculate that if you made $100,000 that year, $30,000 should be put up for taxes. Now, of course, you're going to get with a tax professional. They're going to write off what needs to be written off. They're going to make sure that they determine how's the best way for you to get paid. If it's better to actually set up payroll salary or if, you know, pay yourself dividends, depending on how, um, you know, whichever option gains you the least amount of taxes is the option that your tax professional will Um, advise you to. I am not a tax professional. I'm not giving any type of tax advice. I can just tell you, make sure you factor in taxes, typically 30% for most small businesses. So put that up, you guys. Make sure that you're managing your business wisely. And at the end of the year, you can take care of your your liabilities. And um, you're holding your company Um, you know, accountable for taking care of its business, right? Um, From there, determine how much time you will need. Calculate sick leave, your vacation days for the year. How much, many hours do you want to work per per year? So let's say um, now that you determine how much time you're willing to work and how much time you will need off, this is going to help you come up with a formula for calculating how much you need to charge hourly to determine your minimum value to um, your minimum value hourly that you're going to be charging your customers or clients. Then you make sure this is in line with your market and then you research, um, you know, then and then you research um, and then you include the research that we did in parts one and two, right? So will your clients be willing to pay you your hourly rate? If the answer is no, you're either going to reduce your costs of uh, um, reduce your cost that you're going to make per hour or you can work more hours. So let's say you only calculated yourself working 15 hours a week or 20 hours a week or 30 hours a week. Maybe you need to come up to 40 to 50 to still take away that salary that you're looking for. So this is how you're going to be able to kind of um, tweak it. Um, to ensure that it's in alignment with the research you did in parts one and part two, okay? All right, so from there, um, you're either going to reduce your costs or reduce your hour, your, um, you know, hourly rate. It's all within your control. 
And then um, we're going to go into the second type of payment, right? This one is project-based. And project-based, higher risk, higher profitability. I do not recommend you to start billing um, through projects unless you're seasoned. Let me explain why. Um, it is very difficult to learn all the different variables um, and you have to create a contingency in project-based um, quoting that makes sure that if there's any hidden variables that cause the project to be extended or, you know, you let's say you mess up or, you know, and you have to start all over and now you have to pay another developer or you outsource some work and it didn't go as planned and now you're going to have to take bite the bullet. You have to be able to account for those type of things. And the more experienced you are, you're able to learn how to navigate those things and calculate for those type of uh, variances in um, project billing. So in project billing, pretty much what we do is we estimate the hours for the project and we bill accordingly, right? So you are, you know, you're pretty much promising a delivery on the project and they're going to pay this amount um, for you to be able to do that. Some people get paid in a up front, some people get paid in, um, in, uh, in 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 batches of you know there's a payment like let's say it's a six weeks project there's a retainer um that's made which is 30 40 percent of the budget and then from there there's a payment made midway and then there's a payment made at the end um upon completion so you know you can determine how your clients um are what your clients are willing to do in some projects hey if i'm going to be you know, fixing your car, I need that full balance up front so I can order parts and, you know, I'm not going to order it for my own money. So I'm going to have to get at least a deposit that's um, sufficient for me to be able to start working on this project. So I'm not out of pocket because who knows, they can actually leave you hanging and not meet their obligation. So, you know, there's some risks with projects, right? Um, but there's definitely higher profitability, especially for seasoned project managers who know um, how to um, create some contingency backup plans and who have experience in, um, you know, their service or their product to where they can, you know, um, steer the unknowns, right? And they're able to kind of avoid pitfalls. So if you're new... You really don't know what your scope is and you really haven't built up that 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 muscle of um, providing this service and this product. I would not recommend starting with projects. So if it takes you less hours, here's here's the the portion where it is a benefit for you. It takes you less hours or more hours. You still get paid the same amount. However, if you're a veteran, you're going to be able to quote 20 hours and get it done in 10 hours. So now you guys are on the company's on top because you guys just gained a, you know, 50% um, markup on a service, right? Off of your traditional hourly rate. So um, the challenge with this, like I said, is you have to be super clear on your scope. You have to be clear in your contract, what's included, 
what's not included. I've seen so many problems with this where the customer thinks that some things are included that weren't really clear or you didn't really articulate what's not included and now you're stuck giving them you know, all these things to make the customer happy. How many meetings, how many revisions do they get, et cetera, et cetera. These are things you're going to learn as you have more experience with your product and service, okay? Um, always add, like I said, a contingency, a minimum of 10 to 30% upcharge to allow for errors, especially if you're a new service or you're a new startup. Um, next, we have value-based deals. Value-based deals are the biggest risk, largest projects. Um, this is where you take an upfront fee and percentage on the back end. This makes you vested long-term. Um, this helps you grow faster. Um, you're taking a much larger risk and it gives you a percentage of their sales on the back end as they grow, but because you're not getting money on the front end, this gives you a much bar- much larger bargaining chip to take a larger percentage on the back end. So literally... You two are now invested in each other because now you're investing in this project um, and hoping that it becomes profitable. Now, rule of thumb, typically, you don't want to do value-based deals um, unless it's going to be, uh, like, let me give you an example. Let's say you want to, um, you know, let's say um, you do manuscripts or something like that. Um, and you, or you do manuscripts where you take it and you transcribe their oral into, um, written, right? So they send you a bunch of audios and you're going to go in and, you know, um, transcribe it. So for that transcription, you want to work with someone that's a New York selling best author or someone that's a big, you know, uh, CEO of a, Fortune 500 companies because it what it builds up your resume. So even if they stiff you or something, the 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 actual what you're gaining is so much more important than just the actual monetary compensation. So I don't recommend doing value based deals unless it's with something that's going to really build up your resume, or you're smaller and you're just building up your your resume and you need to create that, you know, that portfolio and you want to be able to say, Hey, this is a a company. This is a big company. This is a company in this field. And you want to be able to highlight work that you've done. So you're willing to take a little bit of a risk to build up your portfolio or your catalog. So there's different reasons for you to do value-based deals. All right. So Are you a business owner or entrepreneur and would like to advertise or promote a product or service? Contact us at contact at growabundantly.com. That's C-O-N-T-A-C-T at G-R-O-A-B-U-N-D-A-N-T-L-Y.com. For more information to sponsor an episode, advertise your product, service, or be featured as a guest on the Grow Abundantly podcast. So 
So here it is, what you've been waiting for the whole episode. We all want to learn the secret to increasing our worth and value as business owners so we can make more impact and make more money. From my experience as a business consultant. I've learned that more than expertise, more than degrees, more than popularity and having an amazing product, people gravitate towards your story. It is a proven fact that customers are loyal to brands that share the same values. So the sole and easiest way to stand out amongst your competitors is to create an authentic brand story. So who are you? What are you about? People want intimacy. They want relatability. They support brands with stories that resonate with them, characteristics and personalities that that are similar, that they can build a rapport with, that they can trust. The better you become at telling your story, the more you will increase the value of your product or your service because people don't... Um, the key is before they can buy the message, they have to first buy the messenger. So we were talking earlier about making sure that you are able to, you know, um, express what your actual offer is and be able to break that down and articulate it well. But if you don't have an audience that's listening, it doesn't matter how well you articulate you have to be able to build a rapport first. And that is the key that I think a lot of businesses miss. They do all the marketing research, they do all this pricing strategy, and they forget the most important key to connect to your customers, to engage your people, to really care about them because they can tell when it's on when it's sincere and it's authentic. So sincerity is key with with telling your brand story. And this is my secret to unlocking your potential and uh, increasing your value and your worth in business. From there, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. And we're going to get into our five takeaways. The five things I want you to take away from today's podcast is one, we don't go into business to only make money. We go into business to make a difference, to make impact. All right. Two, you must know what your customers needs are and what they're willing to pay to solve the problem or fulfill their need. Three, your value will be dependent on the three hows. How much money you can save or add to your customer how much it is worth to them to solve or fulfill this need or solve this problem, how much time will it save them or how easier will it make their life. Um, Four, you must consider both the customer element and organization element when pricing your product or service. Five, the magic ingredient to getting clients to pay you sky-high ticket prices is telling a uniquely compelling story about your small business. People are loyal to brands they believe in. Nothing is more important than your story. More importantly, a great story with a quality product is guaranteed to be profitable. An average product with a great story is more profitable and more probable to succeed than a great product with a lackluster story. So with that, I close today's podcast and thank you for coming and enjoying this podcast with us and um till next time 
I'm so grateful to be able to share this podcast with you. I hope you achieve abundant success by implementing some of the things you heard in today's episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe or share it with another business owner or someone interested in starting a business. I would love to hear your feedback on what you love or what you would like to hear more of. Feel free to leave feedback on the streaming platform of your choice. This is your abundance coach, Mary Belay, signing off.